Hey folks, Andrew Packer here and welcome to Trading Tips. Now, I'm going to date myself a little bit here and talk about uh, the first time I really started learning about marketing concepts and principles. And uh, at the time, the example that people used to use was Howard Stern, the radio shock jock who was very big in the 90s. And what people would say was, he has this huge following of people who just can't wait to hear what he says next. And then the second most popular group of people who listen to a show are people who hate it, but they want to hear what he has to say next. And it's this whole concept to me that is very appealing and one that comes back time and time again in the business world and even elsewhere. And it's this idea that controversy sells. Now, I suspect today the example would probably be Twitter. And, oh, I don't know, Donald Trump. Every time our current president tweets, uh, you've got plenty of people who say, you know, wow, this is great. And a bunch of people say, you know, this is terrible. And all it does is it keeps him in the public eye at a very low cost. It keeps people engaged with him essentially as a brand. And, you know, like Howard Stern, you know, people just can't seem to get away from it. So it should be no surprise that companies have controversies of their own as well from time to time. And sometimes there's a good buying opportunity out of that. And maybe sometimes there isn't. So knowing what to look for can be critical as an investor. So let's look at a very recent controversy that impacted Nike. Ticker NKE, they're a $100 billion sports apparel company best known for, well, sports sneakers, essentially. And as we went into the Independence Day week, the company announced that they were going to come out with a line of shoes with the Betsy Ross flag. That's the one with the uh, 13 stars in a circle designed by one of the few founding fathers who isn't a male. Uh, but then they decided they were going to pull the entire uh, line of shoes, weren't going to do it at all, uh, because one of their spokesperson uh, said that the flag came out during a, a time when the country had slavery. And that's certainly true, and that's certainly the kind of thing that can get people riled up. You've got some people who will just always defend the flag and say, you know, this is patriotic, you know, how dare you not do this. And you'll get some people who say, yeah, you know, this was a, a pretty terrible and racist time in our history. At the time of the founding of our country, we still had this issue that we were dealing with with slavery, and arguably in many ways we still are today. So you've got these, these two sides and a very contentious issue going on. And then, of course, you've got Nike in the middle of this, and what have they gotten out of it? They've gotten a lot of free publicity. They've managed to uh, get in the national limelight for a few days, and not for the first time in the past year, since they've, they've hired some controversial uh, spokespeople in the past, notably uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, who's you know, been known for not standing at the national anthem at football games, and he's gotten you know, a big payday out of that, far more than what he was getting pay playing football. So Nike is really no stranger to this controversy. So why are they embracing it? Don't they want money from people who want to buy shoes with American flags on them? Well, maybe yes and no. If you look at Nike and kind of where they're positioning themselves right now, more than half their growth is actually coming from international markets. It's becoming a much bigger part of their business. So if they have a little controversy that's just in the United States, like that's only going to impact part of their business. And that's one advantage that a global company can have. They can do one thing in one country and they can have a different marketing strategy in a different country and continue to grow their brand that way. But Nike is also looking at essentially their demographics uh, of their customers, and they're seeing they, they want a younger and more urban crowd, and that's what they've been getting selling sports shoes for decades. And they know that this kind of controversy where, where they're looking at this policy, they know that that's going to get a, a lot of positive attention from the demographic that they want. 
Now you're going to get some people who say, oh, I'm never going to buy Nike shoes again. Oh, you know, this policy is it's ridiculous. And, you know, some people are going to boycott that. But if you look at the people who boycott it and how much they would spend versus how many new customers that you're getting and what they would be paying over the lifetime as a customer, Nike's coming out ahead here. And again, just by creating this controversy in the first place, um, they're getting free publicity out of it. So it's actually a pretty uh, brilliant strategy. Now, when we look at Nike, you know, as a company, you've got to look past the controversy and decide, is this something worth owning in my portfolio or not? Because, you know, ultimately, we're here to make money as investors, as capitalists. We can set our political views aside. And whether you like Nike or not, uh, it's a growing company internationally. And their balance sheet has about $3 billion in debt on it. And it's a $100 billion company. That's incredibly under leveraged. And that's the kind of company that's going to last in a recession. Uh, that's exactly kind of what you want to own. And then when you add in the fact that there is a strong brand and there are people who will essentially buy the brand for life, and a lot of those folks, you know, aren't being bothered by this controversy, and you look at their growing international markets, and I think you've got a pretty good argument, you know, for a buy here. So when you look at the company uh, trading at about 25 times forward earnings right now, it looks, um, it's a little on the pricey side compared to the market, but not by a lot. And that's usually about a sweet spot for getting into a company with a strong brand as opposed to a more commodity-like company that, that can't charge a higher price for its, its product than someone else. Nike will be able to charge a different price for its sneakers than a different shoe company because you know, they have the, the Nike Just Do It brand. They have that sort of thing as well. And of course, one final comment, of course, is that Nike is named after the uh, winged uh, Greek goddess who, according to Greek mythology, uh, was also involved in the slave trade. So, you know, Nike maybe didn't think this one completely all the way through, but let's face it, a lot of people are just looking at the flag as an issue rather than uh, sort of, you know, the Greek mythology behind it. And a lot of Greek mythology has uh, some even crazier stuff than America's founding. So consider buying Nike uh, at around current prices. It's traded as high as 90 recently. It's around 85 right now. But for a, a long-term strong branded holding, uh, it's doing very well. And the fact that they can manufacture these controversies and use it to essentially get a lot of free marketing out of it is, uh, I actually think, a pretty brilliant maneuver. And you don't see a lot of companies that can do it or execute it as well as Nike has been doing it in the past few years. So expect more controversies out of this company in the future, but also expect them to keep making a profit for shareholders. So that'll wrap things up for this edition of Trading Tips. Until next time, I'm Andrew Packer wishing you good trading and good financial health.